Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or the Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, I'm going to be bringing you guys week two tight end start or sit decisions. If you guys want to see running back, quarterback, or wide receiver start or sit decisions, talking about every single matchup from week two of the NFL season, make sure you check out my channel because I have every single week two tight end start or sit on there. But before I get into the video, I'd like to give you guys a word from my friends and my sponsor over at OverlayDFS.com. OverlayDFS.com offers a new game titled The match up shop it is the easiest way to win money in the fantasy football daily fantasy sports industry it is so easy to understand pretty much all it is is betting player versus player on each of these matchup posted there's a million matchups here that you can go ahead and look at there's thursday there's sunday and there is monday and the lines do move so understanding how the price works so you're getting minus two and a half on nick chubb so Nick Chubb, whatever point total he gets in fantasy football based upon the rules on the website, minus two and a half points. Jarvis Landry on the other side of it gets plus two and a half points. It is very simple to figure out. If you play fantasy football, you should be able to easily dominate on this website. So make sure you guys check it out. OverlayDFS.com. And I make videos every week showing you guys which players to pick so you guys can win that big moolah. So make sure you guys check it out. OverlayDFS.com. And we are back. If at any point in this video you guys end up enjoying, please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. It's free. I put out content every single day to help you guys win that 2020 Fantasy Football Championship. So without further ado, let's get right into the video. Week 2 quarterback start or sit decisions. We begin on Thursday night, which is today, as you guys are watching this, Thursday night football, Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. Now in this game, I'm sitting down both tight ends, CJ Uzma and Austin Hooper. I personally just do not believe in Austin Hooper. We saw last week he was not involved at all. Just not at all. David Njoku ended up scoring the touchdown. Now, David Njoku, I believe, get, got hurt and is now on the IR. So now what's going to happen? Does Austin Hooper just magically get fed in this game? Maybe, but I want to see it before I can believe it. I want to see Baker throw the ball to Austin Hooper a bunch of times before I'm willing to start him in my lineup. A lot of people drafted him to be their tight end one. I was not really looking towards that. I expect the Cleveland Browns to really be able to get the run established in this game. The Bengals' defense is just not as good, obviously, as the Ravens that they faced last week. They have two running backs that are hard hitters in that offense, two main pieces to that offense, so I think that Austin Hooper is not going to be very involved in this game. CJ Uzma, really just a touchdown. Both these guys are really just touchdown-dependent tight ends, in my opinion, for this game, so I would sit both of them down on Thursday night. Next game here, we start off the Sunday slate with the Atlanta Falcons at the Dallas Cowboys. Here, again, we are going to be starting Hayden Hurst. Now, I understand Hayden Hurst kind of disappointed last week. Sure, I saw that, but I don't expect Russell Gage to be as involved this week. I don't expect them to be playing from behind as much in this game. I expect them to kind of be able to go tit-for-tat with the Cowboys, since I don't feel like the Cowboys' defense is worse, in my opinion, than the Seattle defense. So if they're going tit-for-tat, they're getting to, like, the 1-2 yard line. They're throwing the ball. Maybe, just maybe, instead of Gurley going in, maybe it's going to be a dump-off to Hayden Hurst. We saw last season with Austin Hooper, we talked about previously, uh, when he was on the Atlanta Falcons, was very, very much looked upon inside of the end zone for Mr. Matt Ryan and I expect him to get much more involved as the weeks go on as they develop much more of a connection so I'm going to continue to tell you to start Hayden Hurst last week sure he only scored like six or seven points but at the end of the day I keep expecting that to increase on a weekly basis and against the Cowboys I think we see it done this week Hayden Hurst is a top 10 tight end. I'm going to be sitting down Blake Bell, Dalton Schultz of the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, Blake Jarwin was one of those guys that a lot of people were looking to be the breakout tight end of the year, looking for him to be that late round guy that they snagged in like the 14th round to take them to the championship. Now, I saw 
people talking about this. I saw reasoning for this to be a thing, but obviously he ends up getting hurt. He's on the IR, not going to play again this season, it seems like. So the Blake Jarwin, Jarwin train was derailed, obviously due to injury, not due to his skill. So with that said, the other Cowboys tight ends, I just don't feel like any of them are even of name importance. Blake Bell, we saw get involved a little bit last week, but I don't think that at the end of the day, Dak is going to look for either of those guys enough for them to be willing to start on my 2020 fantasy football lineup. Next game, we got the Broncos at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I have Noah Fant set as an eh. I understand Noah Fant last week really blew the back out of the Tennessee Titans defense, but at the end of the day, that was without Cortland Sutton. I really want to see how Noah Fant progresses with Cortland Sutton in the lineup when they have Sutton and Judy. How involved really is Noah Fant? That's what this game is going to tell us, and up against a tougher Steelers defense, I'm just not sure that Noah Fant is going to be super involved in this game. We saw last week the New York Football Giants. Evan Ingram really, really, really shit the bed in that lineup. He was like Odell Beckham Jr.'s girlfriend. That's what he was doing. All right, so Noah Fant, I'm going to make that joke in every video probably. I understand it's probably played by now, but it's still funny to me. So, Noah Fant, I don't know how involved he'll be in this game. I would start him if I had him, but just understand there's definitely some risk this week against the Steelers, especially if Cortland Sutton plays, which it really seems like he is going to on Sunday. I'm going to sit down Eric Ebron. Did not see enough last week of Eric Ebron being involved to want to start him. Maybe he does become that red zone threat in the next couple of games, and maybe then my mind changes and I want to start Eric Ebron, but from my involvement that I saw last week, I saw Vance involved as well. I just don't feel ultra confident in Mr. Eric Ebron in week numero two. Next game here, we got the Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, last week, Rob Gronkowski just completely fucked you over. You thought that you were going to be seeing a couple Gronk spikes in the end zone from his old buddy TB12 throwing dimes his way. But in reality, the Buccaneers got bent over by the New Orleans Saints. Now, I understand the game was kind of close, but Gronk just did not have a great game, which you would figure he would when Mike Evans was kind of banged up. Now, Chris Godwin is on the concussion protocol. I do expect him to play on Sunday, but if he does not play, I think Gronk could definitely have a big game, especially with Mike Evans potentially still banged up. I think that Gronk will have a solid game up against the Carolina Panthers. I understand why there might be nervousness to start Rob Gronkowski because the other tight end of the game ended up scoring a touchdown, but I'm not going to go ahead and worry too much about Gronk. If you drafted him highly, you fire him up here. Again, I personally believed in drafting him much later, so maybe you do have another option, and if you do, I would look elsewhere, but he he definitely brings that touchdown upside to this game going up against the Carolina Panthers, who do not have all that good of a defense. I'm going to be sitting down Ian Thomas. I want to see him do it before I really feel comfortable in him. I feel like he could be a guy with a whole lot of upside in this season, but until we see it, I'm not going to go ahead and buy completely in it on him and start him, especially up against the Tampa Bay Buck on years. Next game here, we got my Miami Dolphins at home going up against the Buffalo Bills. Now, Mike Gesicki was just getting force-fed the ball in that game. He is one of Ryan Fitzpatrick's favorite targets on the team. You can tell that was very evident when in the red zone, in the end zone, to try to kind of cut that lead to try to get close to scoring that 10 points they needed to overcome the 21 to 11 deficit they were at. He threw the ball straight to Mike Gesicki, and Mike Gesicki gets held by the corner of the Patriots. They obviously don't call a flag because it's the fucking Patriots, right? They can do whatever they want. That's it's kind of a joke. It's more, I don't know. It just, I thought there should have been a call there. Regardless of who we were playing, I believe the call should have been called. They just don't do it. They don't throw the flag. Gasicki's getting his ass ate by the guy. He's holding on to him, and he just can't catch the ball, and Fitzmagic throws a pick 
in this game against the Bills defense. I think it's going to be tough again for Gasicki, but I think Gasicki does have reason to start if Devontae Parker is out. I think that Mike Gasicki could really get fed inside of this game. For me, Dawson Knox one time, if you're with me, is not going to be a start this week until I see him be super involved in this offense, but I don't expect him to really be a huge threat in this team, especially now with Stephon Diggs on the team. Next game here, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. This is going to be a game that I don't really expect the Titans to struggle with at all. The Titans seem to just dominate the Jacksonville Jaguars every single time they play them. Regardless of the quarterback, it seems like Derrick Henry just fucks them to death. He just owns the Jacksonville Jaguars organization when they play. So with that said, I do like Janu Smith, though. Janu Smith was involved last week. Seems like one of those key guys that Ryan Fitz, uh, not Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Tannehill looks towards inside of the red zone as well as when they're driving up the field. So I think Janu Smith is worthy of a start this week up against a not-so-hot Jacksonville Jaguars defense. I'm going to be sitting down Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert is one of those guys, though, that I wouldn't be surprised if Minshew threw, like, two touchdowns to in this game, strictly because Minshew does not seem to give a fuck who he's throwing the ball to. I thought that it was going to be TJ Chark, and I still believe that DJ Chark is the number one guy on the team, but it seems like he just spreads the ball out, peppers the ball around like fucking Salt Bay, just drizzles that shit into anyone. So I think Tyler Eifert could be involved in this game, but with that said, likely against a tougher Titans defense, I would definitely sit Mr. Eifert down. Next game here, we got the San Francisco 49ers going up against the New York Jumbo Jets. Now, George Kittle's obviously play every single week, but this is an if he plays. He got banged up inside of that game last week up against the Arizona Cardinals. Now, do do they let him play in week two is the question. Because their wide receivers are all hurt. Uh, they bring in Muhammad Sanu, right? For, so Muhammad Sanu could be involved. Do they need George Kittle to win is the question. The Jets' defense sucks ass. They have a dumbass head coach in Adam Gaze, so it should be easy for them to stomp them. But the question is, do they need Kittle to do it with their wide receivers so hurt? Maybe so. Maybe they do play George Kittle. I'm just not sure if he's going to be healthy, so that's something you have to monitor all the way up to Sunday if you want to be confident in playing Mr. George Kittle. I'm going to throw up Chris Herndon in here in deep leagues. Now, the 49ers defense is getting assassinated by injuries. Someone took a fucking cypher scope and aimed it straight at Richard Sherman. Bang! Straight onto the IR. So Chris Herndon could be involved in this game, especially with concerns of injury to the other Jets wide receivers. It really seemed like Jamison Crowder was the only fucking guy on the field on Sunday when they played up against the Buffalo Bills. So I think that Chris Herndon could be involved in this game. I just would not necessarily start him in like a 10-12 team league. He's more of a 14 team plus deep league type of play. Next game here, we got the Minnesota Vikings at the Indianapolis Colts. Now, Jackie Jack Doyle is going to be an insta stat every single week to me because Phillip Rivers just loves the tight end. There's a reason this man has 11 fucking kids. It's because he just loves that juicy tight end. And that juicy tight end on this team is Jack Doyle. Now, Jack Doyle did not have an exuberant game last Sunday up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I expect him to have a bounce-back game against the Minnesota Vikings. It seems like besides Mr. Perry Campbell of the Colts, Paris Campbell, he Jack Doyle might be the only other guy he could trust to throw the ball to besides maybe Hines and Jonathan Taylor. So I think that Jack Doyle will be involved in this game. And the Vikings defense last week, by God, did they not look good getting doused by A.A. Ron Rodgers. I'm going to sit down Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith in this game. I feel like both of those guys are just eating off of each other, fucking each other over completely, because if Irv Smith was not there, Rudolph would probably be a start in this game. If Rudolph was not there, Irv Smith would probably be a start in this game, so you're probably going to have to wait till next year for Irv Smith to have that huge breakout year, or whatever Kyle the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer ends up getting cut 
from the Minnesota Vikings. Next game here is the LA Rams at the Philadelphia Eagles, and this game has three tight ends that I'm going to start. I know, not one, not two, but a three tight ends that I'm going to be starting in this game. Now, Tyler Higby did not have the greatest game up against the Dallas Cowboys last Sunday night, but I believe he has redemption against the Philadelphia Eagles. We saw some no-name motherfucker, Logan Thomas, drop a deuce straight on the Eagles' chest last week of the Washington football team, so I believe Higby could probably do the same thing for the Eagles. Zach Ertz, touchdown dominator for the Eagles. Zach Ertz is going to be playing a lot involved in the game. It seems like he Carson Wentz just does not trust the wide receivers. He just knows he wants to throw it to the guys that are fucking huge. He throws it to Ertz. He throws it to Godert. 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 Dumpstered. The Washington football team, even in a loss, put up an excellent game. I really expect him to have another great game here up against the L.A. Rams. He may even be a better start than Zach Ertz. I would advise if you had both to start Ertz over him. But with that said, Dallas Goder is definitely a main key piece in this Philadelphia Eagles offense. I talked about him a lot in this offseason. It seems like not going to victory lap after week one, but maybe, just maybe, Dallas Goder was the best sleeper tight end, even though I still think it's going to be Hayden Hurst, baby. Go Hayden. So, next game here is the Lions at the Green Bay Packers. Now, in this game, I'm going to be starting Mr. TJ Hawken, God, in this game. TJ Hawkinson looked okay last week going up against uh, the Bears, obviously, in that loss that they should have won because DeAndre Swift apparently has fucking, he didn't have glue on his hands. He had butter on his fingers. I don't know how he dropped that ball. But with that said, TJ Hawkinson is Mr. All-Reliable for Stafford inside of the red zone. So we think this is going to be a high-scoring affair between the Lions and the Packers. It just always seems to be close. Even if the Packers wins, the Lions are always in this game. It goes down to being like a seven-point game. It goes down to deep down the stretch of the game for the Lions to try to win it. Normally, they fuck it up. But at the end of the day, this is going to be a close game. And I think that both teams score a decent amount of points. For the Packers, the tight end position is so unsure. I really have no idea who the listed starter really is for the team. Sternberger's going to play. Tanyan's going to play. Mercedes Lewis is going to play. So maybe one of these random guys will end up making that catch that wins like a Hail Mary type situation because the Packers and Aaron Rodgers just magically always those fucking Hail Marys go to a tight end. So maybe it'll be one of those guys in this game, but you're not betting on a Hail Mary inside of this game. So I'm going to go ahead and say TJ Hawkinson is the only start for me inside of this matchup. Next game here, we got the New Football Giants going up against the Chicago Bears. Hopefully you guys enjoyed my singing, and hopefully it did not get copyrighted by YouTube because I sounded just like the lady that sung that song. If you guys have enjoyed this video thus far, you enjoyed the singing, please make sure to subscribe to me down below in down there, wherever the subscribe button is. I really would appreciate that. I put out content every day to help you guys win. If you got any questions, leave it in the comments. I understand I'm behind a million hours on the comments because I get so many just true. I get so many. It's hard for me to answer them all, but I do try my best to try to get to every single question. If I miss yours, it's not because I hate you. Maybe just leave it again like a couple hours later and I'll probably see it again. So in this game, I like Mr. Evan Ingram. Now, Evan Ingram had a atrocious game, a awful game up against the Steelers. He dropped, I believe that was a touchdown he easily should have had. and He just dropped it. I don't know what was up with Evan Ingram in this game. I expect a bounce back, though, from Evan Ingram. Very, very used in this New York football Giants offense. This is the reason why I kind of don't like Evan Ingram is due to his injury proneness. But with that said, that doesn't really give him a knock on every single game. So in this game, I definitely think he's a start, even up against a tougher Chicago Bears defense. For me, I'm sitting down Jimmy Graham, Jimmy G. 
He was a sit last week. The guy scored a touchdown. Didn't see anyone mad in the comments because I don't know anyone who owns Jimmy Graham in fantasy football. But with that said, he's going to be a sit for me. It's really based off of a touchdown for Jimmy Graham. Next game here, we start off the 4 o'clock slate, the middle games of the day with a tight end battle of two tight ends that are probably top five, if not top eight in the league. Travis Kelsey, in my opinion, the number one tight end in the league for the Kansas City Chiefs. This guy's a locked and loaded player in your fantasy football league every single week. He's a lock and loaded player of that Kansas City Chiefs offense every single week, even up against a tough LA Chargers defense. I think Travis Kelsey is able to overcome that defense and play quite well. Hunter Henry also at play on a weekly basis, a mid-round tight end going into draft with a lot of upside. Now the problem is, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with Tara Taylor. I don't know what he's doing. He just doesn't seem comfortable out there. I want to see Justin Herbert, if I'm being honest with you. But they'll continue to play Ty God because he won week one against the Bengals because fat-ass Randy Bullock can't hit a field goal. Next game here, the Washington football team that defeated the Eagles last week at the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Logan Thomas is the man I spoke about before who put a dagger straight into the Eagles' heart. Now, do I think that that's going to happen again? Probably. Potentially. Because the Cardinals' defense could not stop me if I was the fucking tight end going against them. Last year, they were literally just getting devoured. Like the fucking meal you can put in your, uh, you can buy from the food store and heat up in the microwave. No free ads, though. But that's what I'm saying. Logan Thomas, he's just a sneaky start in this game. You probably have no idea who he is. He scored a touchdown last week. And he's a sneaky start because that Cardinals' defense just can't stop shit worthy of a tight end. Except for the fact that they stopped George Kittle last week. Stopped because he was fucking hurt. I'm sitting down Dan Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) Dan Arnold Schwarzenegger of the uh, Arizona Cardinals. I'm just not trying to start him in this game. I just don't think he's going to have a great game this week up against the Washington football team. Uh, Next game here. We got the Baltimore Ravens at the Houston Texans. Mark Andrews literally put a body bag straight on the Cleveland Browns last week, and I think Marky Mark Andrews may just fuck around and do it again this week going up against the Houston Texans. I like Mark Andrews a lot in this matchup. I think he could honestly be the number one tight end on the week. I'm sitting down both Houston Texans tight ends because it's literally just a dice roll. Whichever one of these motherfuckers will end up being the one more involved in the game. So don't start Atkins. Don't start Fells unless one of them was to get injured. Then I would actually think about streaming them in a deeper type of league. Next game here we got the Sunday night football special between the Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks. But there ain't much special about this tight end matchup. Third leg, Greg Olson found the uh, the end zone last week against the Atlanta Falcons, I believe, but he's just not a start that you want to start every single week. I just feel like he's really just touchdown dependent. Ryan Izzo, the starting tight end, I guess, of the Pittsburgh, or the New England Patriots, just not all that interested in either of those guys in this matchup. And final game, the Monday night special between the New Orleans Saints at the Las Vegas Raiders in the Raiders Stadium, the debut of the Las Vegas Raiders Stadium on Monday night. I like both tight ends in this game. Jared Cook kind of just a safety net, but now with Michael Thomas gone, injured, it seems like Jared Cook might actually have an explosive game up against the Raiders defense. Darren Waller, just a weekly start, obviously did not explode last week, did not have that excellent game. But up against the Saints, I think he could have a much better showing this week. As the weeks go on, I think Waller will start to look much better than he did inside of week one. So thank you guys all for watching this video. If you ended up enjoying, please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below because you know deep down I love each and every single one of you motherfuckers. So please make sure to hit that subscribe button. Make sure to hit that like button. Make sure to leave a comment and make sure to check out my friend 
friends overlaydfs.com so have a great rest of your guys day i love each and every single one of you guys and as always i will see you motherfuckers later good boy